God is perfect in all his ways. Let's just be seated for a moment, but I just want you in the mood of prayer just to reach out to God. How wonderful he is. How great. How awesome. He's here with us this morning. He's perfect in all his ways. Oh yes, what shall we say? What shall we render unto the Lord? That's what the psalmist asked. He was overwhelmed by the glory, the power, the goodness of God. He was asking himself, what shall I render to the Lord? I wonder whether you think that way. Say, Lord, what shall I render to you? Yes, shall I sing a song to you, Lord? Yes, shall I jump up, Lord? Shall I lie down? Shall I kneel down? What shall I render to you, Lord, this morning? Oh, we praise you, Father. We worship you. King of kings and Lord of lords, ancient of days, you invite us to come up to you, Lord, this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you, Lord, for the praise. Thank you, Father, that you are here with us. And, Lord, when we come, we know we are not condemned because sin condemns. But grace, grace forgives. Grace, Lord Almighty, embraces. Grace wipes away all sins. And, Lord, the Bible says, for by grace we are saved. Lord, God mighty, by grace, by grace, Lord, through faith. It is not of ourselves. It is a gift from you. And this morning, Lord, we receive that gift afresh. Lord, because we come here with open hearts, fill us anew, Lord. Fill us afresh, Lord. May we encounter you, O God Almighty. Oh, Lord, whether by the singing, by the reading and speaking your word, Lord, even as we fellowship with one another, may our eyes be open to see you, Lord. May your glory, Father, be revealed. Father, Lord, we begin to ask for angelic ministration. We talk about the ministry team, but we know, Lord, you have released your angels to minister to us. And so, Father, this morning we begin to receive, oh God, a touch from you. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. Be exalted, ancient of days. For we have prayed with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. And let the people of God say, amen. Fantastic. All right, then, let's listen to the reading of God's word. There's something wonderful about this morning's reading that Graham pointed out. I didn't see it until he pointed it out. When he reads the first verse, just listen very well, you will hear. (laughs) Okay, right, the the first reading is from the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 24, verses 1 to 4, and then it will go on from verse 9 to 18. And this is God speaking to Moses. The covenant's confirmed. Then he said to Moses, Come up to the, the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. You are to worship at a distance. But Moses... <laughs> but Moses... It gets better. But Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. I tell you, I didn't write that. <laughs> it's prophetic, I tell you. Um, when Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws... They responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And going on to verse 9, 
Uh, Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel went out and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire, clear as the sky itself. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the the tablets of stone with the law and commands I have written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua, his assistant, and Moses went up onto the mountain of God. He said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and Hur are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up onto the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. The next reading is from the letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Rules for holy living. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And then finally, to the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. The throne in heaven. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald encircling the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there were what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. 
In the centre around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor and praise, thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving God, we give thanks and praise to you. You are God who is able to do exceeding abundantly more than all we can ask or think. According to your divine grace, Lord, you have chosen to speak to us today through your word. And we pray, Father, that you open our eyes, open our hearts, fill us, O God Almighty, with your presence and with your glory, that we go out here knowing that we have fellowship with you. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Fantastic. Now, last Sunday, I did say that we were just going to lay the introduction to the sermon because we had quite a lot going on last Sunday. Now, um, talking about what happened last Sunday and preparing for next Sunday reminds me of the minister who told members of his church that the next Sunday he was going to be preaching a very special sermon. And he wanted them all to go home and read Mark chapter 17. And so when they came back the next Sunday, he asked, how many of you read Mark chapter 17? Quite a lot of people raised their hands. (laughs) They wanted to impress their pastor. But actually, there's no Mark chapter 17. (laughs) So he said, well, now I've made the introduction to my sermon on lying. (laughs) So I'm not going to put you through any test at all. But today's, you know, um, sermon, as I say, is a continuation of last Sunday. And in chapter 4 of Revelation, the Lord began to speak to the apostle um, John. John, as I said to you last Sunday, Sunday was in this exile because of his faith. If you read chapter 1, it gives you, you know, an idea of why he was in Patmos, because of his faith. And that was a place where, as I explained last Sunday, we could actually uh, equate to places like Guantanamo Bay, um, where America, you know, takes people, or um, what was it? Al- Alcatraz, that was the other name that was uh, mentioned. You know, just somewhere, just keep them away and lock the key, <laughs> throw the key away. They don't belong to society. And so John was placed out there. And you know what? Society is coming to the point where those who hold the faith 
are beginning to be seen as being strange. Do you remember um, in the news that um, Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son of all people, planned to come to the UK to do crusades just this past year? Number one, the Home Office denied him a visa. Really? Oh, that um, he is a hate preacher. Wow. Because he's saying to people, receive Jesus Christ. And then, when they finally gave him visa, this year, some of the venues that he had booked to do his crusade canceled out. There is a business um, that came from America as well to start here. And that, what was the name of that business? Chic filet, thank you very much. We, we, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just like McDonald's and all, all those um, fast food places. But the owners are Christians, born again, and they don't, make, they don't hide it. And they have their um, principles. Because they don't actually support the um, gay mentality and uh, philosophy of life, they were marked out as people who are heretical and their business was hounded. The first business they opened, people went there protesting every day and the center decided to do what? To uh, cancel the um, contract they have. So what am I saying? This is not something that is only about what happened to John in Patmos. It's something that is coming home. That for us Christians, because of our faith, for one reason or the other, somebody disagrees with you. It's in this country that a judge said uh, the King James Version of the Bible is not acceptable because its language you know, is not acceptable to some people. So, people of God... This invitation to John, without going too far into these other sides, is an invitation that is very special. And if you don't mind um, transferring back to um, these um, slides here, we see again that, that verse 1. He said, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I heard first heard, speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Do what? Come up here. And that's the theme for today. God saying to us, like we read in Colossians, He said, If you are in Christ, set your minds on things where? Above, where you are seated with Christ. God is saying you don't belong down there. And what is down there? The down there is where sin abounds. The down there is where people don't believe there is a God. But there's a dimension of creation that's only open to the eye that God reveals to. There's a dimension of living that people don't ordinarily see. But when God opens your eyes, you can see angels here with us this morning. Hallelujah. It's just a single amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fantastic. You're alive. <laughs> Don't be scared of angels. 
<laughs> but anyway, the Lord said to John, the word, come up here. It's a special invitation. It's a mark of privilege. God is saying to him, I want to show you something that the ordinary eyes are not seeing. That's why we can pray, say, God, open my eyes to see. Because a lot of times we come to God, we come to church, we're not seeing what God wants us to see. And someone came to church and said to the pastor, I don't like this church. See what people are doing around there. All the time this one is doing that, the other person is doing that, the other person is doing that. And the pastor said, come. And they came to him. And who am I going to ask? Helen, please come. <laughs> this is just, just here. Okay. All right. I'll give you this. Can you just go around and make sure you don't spill the water? Okay? Because if you spill it, there's consequence. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fantastic. Did you spill any? Oh, Lord. Thank you very much. Now, just wait a minute. <laughs> Don't go yet. All right. When you were going around with this glass of water, when you were going around with this glass of water, did you see Sheila Finch? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you see your uncle, Graham Ford? No. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't see my uncle I'm or my dad. <laughs> the, other the, the other Ford. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Right. Now, did you see David? David, my son. But you know where he's sitting Sorry. because now you can see where he is. No. Gary, <laughs> what happened? Why did you not see all these people? Because I was concentrating. Concentration. Thank you very much, Helen. Can you put your hands together for Helen, please? Thank you. Concentration. Concentration. She didn't want to spill this because she had Harimi say, don't spill. She wasn't looking at anyone around her. And of course, because she was holding this, she didn't want to trip. So you had to make sure you were looking where you were going. So when we come to church and God is saying, put your attention on me. Look up here. Don't look around. Because we all can be sidetracked. We all can be taken the wrong way. And God is saying, Look at me. He said to John, come up here. It's an elevation. And that's what promotion as well. When you listen to God and God is saying to you, come up here, God says, I want to promote you. You were there at that level. Jesus says, a disciple should be like who? The master. And the master is up here and he's saying to him, do what? Come up here with me. Where I am, there you will be also. But you know what? We want to be the, where? In our comfort zones. Where things are okay. No one is pushing us to do anything further 
than we can do. But God is saying, come up here. And when you come up there, you begin to see some things. Now, he, he, he went up there. Look at verse 2 if you have your Bible with you. In verse 2 it says, At once I was in the Spirit, not in the flesh. The Bible says if you are in the flesh, you will seeking to fulfill the works of the flesh. He said, I was immediately in the Spirit. Because why? He heard the Lord saying to him, come up. He was transported from the physical into the spiritual. And that's another promotion saying, look, don't just live in the flesh. There's much more. If we live in the flesh, there is fear in the flesh. When we think of the things happening around us, we will be shaken. But God is saying to you, don't look at COVID-19. Look up to heaven. Hallelujah. Come up here where I am. You will hear things. He said, immediately I was in the Spirit. And there before me was a throne. So God is inviting us to his throne. Remember again the picture I gave us last Sunday of the queen giving people investiture. MBE, OBE, what have you. And what does she do? She invites them to come forward, doesn't she? And they come forward and they nail sign of submission, sign of service, sign of humility. When we come to the throne of God, we need to be humble. Come up here, and they came, and she placed the sword, not the sword that kills, okay? Places the sword on their shoulder, taps them, and makes the pronunciation. And what sword do we have? The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. When God is inviting you, He begins to give you revelation. I was a secondary school student as a Christian. And one day, I had a kind of revelation, and I knew it was very significant because I saw this bunch of bamboos growing together, and bamboos can grow taller than this building, some of them. And I saw this big, luxurious-looking bamboo growing right into the sky. And they were so green. And suddenly, the vision moved. And I saw this other bunch of bamboos also tall into the sky, but actually dry. And immediately, the Lord began to speak to me. He said, George, you are, you are having a wonderful time. And it's going to be for a season. But very soon you will hit a dry patch. Don't be surprised. Because it's going to be very hard. But be of good cheer because I know what's going to happen and I'll see you through. Now, when I woke up, I knew that that was a clear message from the Lord. And true to God's word, of course, things were going well. And suddenly, a few months down the line, things dried up, became very hard. 
and I knew what the Lord had said. But was I surprised? No. Why? Because I had a revelation telling me that was going to happen. In fact, in that kind of situation, my prayer was not particularly God change the situation. My prayer was God give me the grace to go through it so that I'll get out to the other side still remaining faithful. So when God invites you and wants to give you a revelation, you better pay attention. Because some things that happen to us as Christians, it's only down the line you begin to say, wait a minute, I think I knew this thing was coming. I saw it coming. Because why? The Bible said there's nothing the Lord will do without revealing it to his children, to his prophets. And we see in Exodus, God says, forget about the part of don't come near. <laughs> so worship from afar. But you see the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Moses was the only one God said, come up here. And up there, God gave him revelation. Last Sunday we read the, um, the, the, the account of this transfiguration where Jesus took Peter, James, and John. And that's the John that's writing in Revelation, mind you. So he already had those experiences, and Jesus took him up there. And there they met Moses and Elijah. And when uh, Peter woke up, he said, Lord, oh, let's remain here. No way, I'm not going anywhere else. Going down there? No. Let's remain here. Let's build three tabernacles, three tents. Forget about us. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. <laughs> when you get into God's presence, I tell you, you will not want to leave. Because God begins to give you revelation of things, not only of now, but even of the future. If you read chapter 1 of Revelation, verse 19, God had begun to tell John there, I'm going to show you things that you have seen, write them. Things that are and things that will be. So he's talking about the past, the present, and the future. And he said to him, I'm inviting you to give you privileged information. In those days, when a king, when you find favor before the king, he invites you. And the person the king invites to come next to him, or even if it's just to whisper something to them, everyone will say, wow, I wish I were the one. Do you know the king called him up there? Who knows what the king was whispering to them? That's how wonderful it is when God says to you, come up here. And we see also, of course, Colossians have already said in verse 1, he begins to tell us what we should do and not do. If we've come up to the king's table... He is saying to us, there are things that are table manners. And that's what Colossians 3 tells us. Take your time to read through Colossians 3 when you go home. It begins to tell you the things that are expected of us now and that we are up with him. The Bible says we are seated with him in where? Heavenly places. When he called John, he called him up to be with him. And that stairway to heaven, showing an open door. But let's see a bit furthermore what that really means. 
It's a privileged and purposeful invitation from God's heart. God wants to give you a secret that no, no other person knows. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, it tells you the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things he has revealed belongs to us. So there are things that God keeps close to his heart, but he invites you to come up. He can whisper in your ear. He can tell you about your family. He can tell you about tomorrow. And that's the relationship God wants us to have. He said, come to me. And it's, as I say, it's a promotion. But it's also a start of a new journey. God is saying to you, you used to be there. I want you to come here so that you walk with me. Come walk with me. It's important for us so we can hear what God is saying. It's only when we are close to him that we can hear what he's saying. It's also a mark of favor. I've said that already. But then that is a sign of that open door. Saying the door is open for you. If anyone thought they've closed it, they say, no, the door is open. But actually also, we read about Abraham in the last Sunday, last Sunday's reading. It was a trial of his faith. Will Abraham trust God to go with him? Or will he doubt and not be sure what God is saying? Sometimes God will tell us something that looks impossible. But God is saying, yes, it's you. It's you, I mean. And God is saying, come up here. He said, God, who is it? <laughs> is it him or her? God said, you, you, come up here. So let's not look around to say, who is God talking to? He's talking to you and I. Let's look at some invitations of Jesus. Now, Jesus invited people at different times. And you can see the play on words there. To the withered and the dead heart, Jesus says, Come forth, and that's Lazarus in the grave. He went to the grave of Lazarus and said, well, Come forth, come up here, come out here. And to the wanting heart, he says, Come down. That's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but he was a short man. <laughs> and what did he do? He climbed up a tree. Sometimes we make up for ourselves what is not needed. Jesus knew he wanted to see him. And when he got to that tree, instead of saying, come up here, he said, come down. Oh, wow, that is really fantastic. Instead of saying, come up, he said, come down to me. Now, why? Because Zacchaeus was making for himself something God didn't ask him to do. Sometimes we make up for ourselves means and ways and schemes. God is saying, no, you don't need all of that. Come as you are. And some of us are thinking, well, I'm a sinner. God said, no, come as you are. You're special in my eyes. And so that's Zacchaeus. And number three, the wandering heart. He says, come and see. He said that to you know, um, John, Andrew. He said, come and see. To the weary heart, Jesus said the word, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will do what? Give you rest. Number five, to the willful heart, who doesn't want to follow. Jesus said, Come, take up your cross and follow me. And to the weak heart, 
Jesus says, come and dine. He did say that to his disciples after the resurrection. And they were just like, where do we go from here? Jesus appeared and there was barbecue out there by the sea. And Jesus said to them, come and dine. Come, come and dine. He knew where they were. They were weak and weary. And to the wandering heart, Jesus says, come, follow me. Remember this picture of people who are going up the escalator. And someone is there. If you look at the central picture, what is she doing? Seem to be looking at her phone. Sometimes people will stand our way. Sometimes there are trials and temptations that will block our way from seeing the Lord or getting up to the Lord. Sometimes friends and family. Jesus said, if you will not forsake all of these and take up your cross and follow me, then you're not worthy. Let nothing be an obstacle. The possessions we have, that rich young man who didn't want to give up what he owned, his possession became for him an obstacle. So what is it that's an obstacle for you, God's invitation? Impatience. Sometimes, yeah, we want it right now. Someone prayed for patience. Say, Lord, give me patience right now. <laughs> give me patience right now. Now, what's the patience about that prayer? So sometimes we're impatient because we want God to do something right away. In our popcorn culture where everything needs to be done by the snap of the finger, we want God at all times to be at our beck and call. And if it doesn't happen that way, some of us become really discouraged and we want to give up. But the Lord is saying, let our impatience not be a stumbling block. Last uh, study in the house groups, remember we were discussing what? Patience. Patience. The Lord is asking us to bear the fruit of patience. And sometimes it's general opposition. People don't want us. I remember when I um, took, took that next step into ministry. One of my uncles said, George, you're a waste. Look at how much was spent to train you through university. And all you have to reward the family is to say you are going into the ministry. Because, I mean, the family is a family. And everyone has to contribute to the family. And when the family has done everything to train you, you have to do what? Give back. And ministers were very poor. And if you ask me, actually at that time, I didn't want to be a minister because I didn't want to be poor. <laughs> I remember once I was so well-dressed in my suit, and this member of my church came to me and said, young man, listen. If you want members of your church to be good to you, stop dressing this well. <laughs> I said, really? Wow! So you have to be pitiable as a minister for your members to, you know, think of how to help you. No, 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 no. The Lord has invited us to be different. Hallelujah. Don't look at yourself and think, oh, how pitiable I am. So if you see me dressed well, it began a long, long time ago. Hallelujah. Actually, there's something about this suit that reminds me. When I came here to preach with a view, 
just before then, I, 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 was go, I went to this shopping place. We, we have a place called Westwood Cross, just like you have, um, uh, what do you call it here? Blue Water, exactly. Westwood Cross was in a um, big place there in, in, in Thanet, all right? So I went in there to shop, and as I was going past TK Maxx, <laughs> I felt a pull. <laughs> Remember who is pulling your string. <laughs> but on that occasion, I felt a pull, and I went in there. I didn't plan to buy anything, but I saw this lovely suit, this particular one I'm wearing. And somehow, it was going at a very good rate. And I felt, well, I just have it. And, okay, well, I did. And I went home. So when I came here, and, and I left, and I was asking the Lord, Lord, are you really sure you are asking me to take this big step? And you know what? The Lord said to me, remember the suit you bought the other day? That's going to be your induction suit. <laughs> that was before you voted. Hallelujah. So, sometimes God begins to speak to us even in simple things that we don't ever imagine will matter. But let's go on very fast now. So, what do you do? Avoid those hindrances. If you run away from sin, let sin be far from you. Make use of every opportunity God has given you. Give priority. God's call. Now, we can spend our time doing this, but I just want you to ponder over this question. If not you, who? If not here, where? If not now, when? Can we read those three questions again? If not you, who? If not here, where? If not now, when? And those questions are vital for you. God's calling for you here in Christ church. Sometimes God calls us into something and we're running away. God is saying, if not you, who? And if not here, where you are, where? But let's end with this story. The story of the hunter who went to hunt. And as he went out, he saw this eagle. And he drew his bow to shoot at it. But the eagle flew away. And when he went to look at where the eagle was, he saw his, its nest and saw this egg. And since he couldn't get the mother eagle, he got the egg and took this egg home and put it among its chicks to hatch. And so over time, this hen that was incubating his chick incubated this same egg. All of them were eggs, isn't it? But when they hatched, one looked different from the rest. That was the eagle. The eagle grew up foraging in the dung hill with the rest of the chicken. As far as it was concerned, it saw itself as a hen, a chicken. It was down there with them. And so everything it knew was about digging in the ground. And the chicken would peck on it, bully it. That's an eagle. If you see the talons, the talons were still there. You can see that the beak was still sharp. But because it was used to being down there with the chicken, with the hen, they were actually molesting it. 
It didn't know that it was different. But something happened one day. And that thing that happened was that it heard a cry above it. That cry was a cry of the mother eagle. And that was the mother that ran away. The mother eagle was whistling. And going about up there. And something in this baby eagle told it that that's a familiar sound. But it's never really heard that before. But that was a familiar sound. And something began to move it, steer it inside. He said, something, something. That, that sound is familiar. But I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. And the mother eagle kept circling and whistling and calling out. And this baby eagle did something. It flapped its wings. It looked around. Something told it it's different. It flapped its wing, flapped its wing. But it couldn't fly because it was never used to what? Flying. But as it flapped its wing more, more, because the sound was increasing, the velocity. Oh, it saw itself. Then the next one, boom, it took off. Wow. It took off. It took off. It took off. It took off. And it joined the mother eagle up there. It knew it was different. Some of us believers don't know we are different. Something in you, Christ in you, is the hope of glory. A day is coming when we will leave this place. But before then, he said, come up here where you belong. The mother eagle is calling us today. Come up here. That call is for you and I. To step out by faith. To serve him in spirit and in truth. Come up here. And what is it the Lord is saying to you? He might be saying something different to you from what he's saying to another person. You must hear him for yourself. I can't tell you what the Lord wants you to do. But you hear him for yourself. Here in Christ Church, here in Swanley, Lord, what do you want me to do? There's a message the Lord is giving to every one of us here today. But above all, Remember at the beginning of the year, our postcode was E1B1. E1B1. Each one bring one. And the Lord is saying, if you know nothing else, that's something you should hold on to. Being an audacious church, knowing that we are planted here for a purpose. Don't go pecking on the ground or allow yourself to be, you know, bullied, okay, by the sense of you are alone, by the sense of no one, you know, is caring about me, by the sense of, you know, all the pressure of life around you. Look up and see the Lord. There's a door open for you. Not the door yet for us to go home, okay? <laughs> it's the door of God's blessing. Say, come up here. I'm going to show you something. Let us pray. Yes, Lord, we thank you. Oh, the Lord is speaking to someone here. Maybe you have not. You need to rededicate your life to Christ. Maybe you are far away from him. He's saying to you, come up here. My son, my daughter, come up here. This is the day the Lord is speaking to you. Or maybe you have never even taken the step to say, Jesus, 
come into my heart. Oh, he's calling to you. He said, come to me, all you who labor and I heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He's calling to you, come and see, come and see what I have in store for you. Don't be far away. And for you who has been a Christian for many years, but you have not had any personal experience of God speaking to you, God wants to speak to you. In fact, God has spoken to you. And indeed, God will continue to speak to you through today. Shall we all rise up, everyone? Shall we all rise up to our feet in prayer? Can we join in this prayer? Say, Lord, I hear your call. I say yes, Lord. Whatever and wherever you are sending me to, I say yes, Lord. Whatever and wherever you are sending me to, I say yes, Lord. And with that simple prayer, I want you to own it. I want you to pray it wherever you are, to say yes to the Lord. Whatever it is the Lord has laid on your heart, just say yes to him this morning. Thank you, Father, Lord. We give you praise. We give you thanks. We, we say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord, to your word and to your will. Lord, reveal to us the various aspects of your calling, Lord. May we not, Lord, draw away from you, Lord. May we come closer. May we, Lord, take that step of faith. And so, Father, Lord, this morning we pray for this entire congregation. Give us, Lord, the boldness to take the step of faith. Lord, as we say yes to you, may our lives not remain the same again. As we say yes to you, may we begin to see, O oh God Almighty, you speaking to us. May we begin to see, Lord, sights we have never seen before. Lord, today I release revelation unto your people. I pray that eyes will be open. I pray that hearts will be open. That, Lord, our Christian lives will not be like that eagle that remain on the ground pecking and, Lord, being bullied and being, oh, Lord Almighty, pushed aside and shoved around. But, Lord, that our Christian life will grow to the point where we will rise up on wings like eagles and, Lord, serve you without any limitation. Serve you, O God, in truth and in spirit. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Be exalted, loving God, for we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the people of God say, Amen. Lovely.